So I am biased. I have a bias and I want to share with you why and what's behind it. But I feel so strongly everybody, every dog owner, handler, trainer, anybody who's working with dogs, who owns dogs, has to be thinking about the role of canine fitness and exercise for those dogs. Um, I, I've just, I've been so frustrated. <laughs> if you see when I first posted this, I was like, I want to vent, I want to vent. I, I'm just, I don't understand why people aren't, some people aren't taking this as seriously as they should. Um, the other day I was on campus and I saw a CNI dog. It was a yellow Labrador, overweight, waddling. The, it had a, a, some extra bags and stuff that it was carrying and a harness. It was all of this weight was shifted way front up on the shoulders. Like the, the dog was like just hobbling along and it was just so, it was so, it, it was sad. I was angry. It's depressing. It was just, we see too much of this. Um, I can't tell you how many times I see senior dogs that are struggling with arthritis, struggling with old injuries, aches and pains, and they're overweight. And the dog is already struggling to walk because of aches and pains, arthritis, whatever issues, because they're aging. And then the humans are putting additional strain on the body by having the dog overweight. And you see people and you know these people love their dogs. Not everybody, you know, not everybody takes care of their dogs properly. But a lot of times when I see this happening, the owners, like they, they love their dogs to death. And that's literally what they're doing. They're loving their dogs to death by, by having unfit dogs. And research shows that obese dogs, dogs that are overweight, they're dying on an average of two years sooner than if those dogs were fit. And so I know for some of you, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of preaching to the choir, but those of you who understand the rule of fitness, those of you who are engaged in canine fitness, I'm betting almost all of you have encountered instances where you're sharing the same frustration as, as me. And, and you're trying to educate people, people aren't listening, and different people listen to different things. So what I'm gonna talk about today with you is I'm gonna be talking about the importance of canine fitness, but I'm gonna be talking about it from a variety of perspectives, whether you're a pet dog trainer, whether you're just a, a pet dog owner, whether you do sports, whether you deal with behavior modification. Um, these are, th there's so many ways we need to be thinking about this. And I think when people are involved in the sport dog world, like they're like, of course, canine fitness, you know, my dog's an athlete, we compete, we jump. But it's just as important and sometimes even more important for the, our dogs with behavior problems. You know, dogs that are dealing with OCD behaviors, um, dogs that are dealing with insecurities, um, senior dogs, younger dogs. Like this is so important for everybody who is dealing with dogs, who have dogs in their lives. So, um, so what I want you to do is think about, and I'd be curious as you're, um, Erica, thanks for joining us. If you are a dog trainer, a dog owner, a pet owner, a sport dog trainer, uh, a working dog handler, okay? I want you to think about this from your perspective. But also, like I said, I know I'm preaching to the choir for some of you. While I'm talking about this and giving you examples of the importance of canine fitness, I also want you to be thinking about the people who you're encountering, 
who are not paying attention to this and they're not listening. And let's think about how we can try to build more awareness, okay? Um, this is so important. So whether you're here to get educated, whether you're here to think about a, a perspective you haven't thought about, when you see that dog coming that, that is you know, in poor shape, family members, you know, relatives, even spouses. Some of you might be living in a house where you are conflicted with people you live with because you have disagreements about things surrounding the dogs. So really quickly, thank you for joining me. Kim, thank you for joining me. If this is your first time, just let me give a really quick introduction. My name is Erica Bowling. I am the owner and founder of Northeast Canine Conditioning. Uh, I'm here every Friday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, I love helping people get more educated, educate others, and get more fit with their dogs, right? Whether pet dogs, sport dogs, working dogs. You know, some of you know I have a passion for sport dogs and working dogs, but even pet dogs, stay here. This is important for you. So um, you guys see it, right, Erica? You see it. I know you see it. Uh, the Kim, I know that you see it. I, I know that you guys understand the importance of it, but let's look at it from different perspectives. And when I posted this video and I was like, I'm venting, I'm venting, I was like, Erica, you have no right to vent <laughs> because I've been there. Let me tell you, let me tell you why I have no right to vent. This is bocce. Um, bocce, bocce is the reason. No, I'm sorry. He thinks I'm calling him. Go lay down. Go on. I can't say his name much. He thought I was talking to him. Um, this is the whole reason why I have my business. This is the whole reason why I do canine fitness is because of, you know, this dog right here. Um, I can't say his name or he'll come over here. Um, but I, I, I can't, I can't be too frustrated because I was, I was, I have not always put a high importance on fitness for my dogs. So Erica says about 90% of the pet dogs you train are overweight. Sport dogs, about 40%. Yeah. So so here's the thing. We need to be proactive and not reactive. We need to prevent things from happening rather than waiting for something to happen. And then we're like, oh my gosh, I have to pay attention to canine fitness. And like I said, I I can't vent. I can't be upset at people who don't, who are not educated because I've been there. And this photo of this dog, this is why I'm here because when I was starting in Frenching and doing protection sports with him, I was not involved in canine fitness. I pretty much trained on the weekends. We would maybe get out to the park a few times during the week. I did not have any structured fitness program. Um, it was pretty much just training for my sport whenever I could, sometimes once a week, sometimes twice a month. And he got injured. He got injured. He had a pulled muscle. And um, he had been showing me signs for months. Doctors misdiagnosed it, multiple doctors. He wasn't limping. They're like, go ahead and keep working him. But he had a pulled iliopsoas, a pulled muscle in the groin. And he had been giving me subtle signs for a really long time, and I totally missed all the signs. And uh, I'm, I'm going to share a video in just a second. I'm going to throw it in the comment section on, on my business page. If you're watching this somewhere else, go to Northeast Canine Conditioning on my business page. But I have a video that um, helps educate people on how to be more observant. And I tell more about, um, about Bachi's story. But basically what happened was I was not, you know, paying massive attention to having a structured fitness program. I was not cross-training my dog. I was not, other than training in my sport, I was not doing strength training. You know, just on the days that we trained in our sport, he was getting strength training. We were doing cardio, you know, 
it was sporadic. I'm going to put this link in the chat box. Uh, again, this is on Northeast Canine Conditioning on my business page. If you're watching elsewhere, I will go back after the video replay and I'll post it. But I posted a link to my video where I talk more about, about um, the story about him getting injured. But here's the thing. I am guilty. I, I, you know, I raise my hand. I am guilty that I was reactive, that he had to get injured before I completely opened my eyes and was like, wait a minute, what can I be doing differently? Why did I miss this? Could I have prevented it? What could, you know, why didn't I see it earlier? This is what woke me up. And, um, and I still, part of me wonders if my dog is retired today because of early things that I had missed because I was not educated. Okay. So I, you know, I can't get too upset at people. I can't vent too much because I've been there. I've made mistakes. I was reactive. It took my dog to get injured for me to pay attention to this um, before I got really serious about it. And I haven't been involved in sports. You know, I run marathons. I do all kinds. I, I train fitness classes. I should know. So I'll be the first to say, you know, I, I should have known better. But, you know, we learn from our mistakes. But he is the reason why um, I woke up and realized, wow, I need to be doing things differently. I need to be more focused. I need to get more educated. But I'm here today because I don't want everybody else to have to live by being reactive and having an experience happen, paying hundreds and thousands of dollars of bills, retiring your dog, maybe even losing your dog because you weren't putting a focus on canine fitness. So, um, so the examples I'm going to be giving, like I said, we've all been there. We've all made mistakes. But this is really, I don't want people to experience what I did by being reactive and waiting until something happens before you act and make a change in what you're doing with your dog. And I tell you, I invested in education. I took courses. I did canine massage, canine fitness. And I was like, you know what? I spent thousands of dollars. But if I could prevent one injury, those medical bills, I just got all my money back. <laughs> so to me, it was totally worth it. So um, yeah, so you guys, uh, I know some of you. Hey, Ruthann, thank you for joining us. Hey, Jen, um, many confirmation dogs in the show ring are most definitely overweight. Um, Ruthann says something happened to make you aware um, and uh, focusing on it. It's, um, yeah, it's, if you learn by mistake, that's fine. The big thing is that we learn. And when you learn and you get knowledgeable to spread that education and help other people, because if we can prevent an injury, prevent a death, prevent a dog from dying two years young because they're obese, that's what's important. So let me, let me talk about now a little bit more about some very, the, the variety of reasons why this is so important for everybody who is involved with dogs. Okay. I just gave you examples of preventing injuries. Okay. Not everybody's going to experience injuries with their dogs. If you do high, con high contact sports, if you do things like protection sports, agility, if you do, you know, a lot of sports that have high impact contact sports with your dogs, chances are if you do it for long or if you do it with, you know, over years with different dogs, you're going to see injuries. As I talk about football players, you go out there and play football long enough, you're probably going to have an injury at some point in time. So, you know, not everybody, I've had people tell me, you know, I've been, you know, competing with my dog for, you know, 11 years. We've never had an accident. We never had an injury, but there's other fallout. And I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But number one, preventing injuries, be proactive, start doing stuff today. Don't wait for your dog to get injured before you start paying attention to this. 
Um, it can save you thousands of dollars of bills, thousands of dollars. It can save your career, your dog's career, a working dog, a sporting dog. For some dogs, this knowledge can save their life. So this is serious stuff. This is something that I, I you know, we all have to be thinking about. So another example here is enhancing performance. Enhancing performance. And when we talk about enhancing performance, now one thing I wanna say is, I'm gonna talk about working dogs. I've seen people with working dogs and their dogs are, are athletic, they're healthy, they're in shape, they're not overweight, um, they're high energy, and um, I can see where somebody can say, well, my dog's already healthy, my do dog's already athletic. But here's the thing, if your dog can be even healthier, more fit, more athletic, it's going to help your dog perform better and more effect, be more effective in the work that it does. For example, nose work, your dog's smelling. If your dog is overweight, if your dog is out of shape, if your dog is breathing heavy and fatiguing quickly and overheating, oh, by the way, the, the less fit your dog is, the more likely it is to be impacted by heat, by changing climate. The more fit your dog is, the better it's going to deal with changing climate. It's going to work better in the heat if your dog is fit, not saying your dog's gonna you know, go out and work your dog twice as hard in the heat, but your dog is going to handle the heat better if your dog's fit versus if your dog's out of shape versus if your dog's fat and out of shape. So if your dog is out of shape, overweight or not overweight, if your dog is fat, even if your dog's not fat, but is trim, but not conditioned, not used to working three, four or five days a week, this can affect the effectiveness of their nose. This can mean your dog is missing hides. Your dog is not finding the suspect. <laughs> um, it means your, when your dog starts to tire and fatigue, think about it. When you're really tired and fatigued, how crisp is your brain? <laughs> how quick are your reflexes? Think when you're driving and you've been driving for 10 hours versus when you're driving and you just woke up and you're on the road for the first hour. Think about your reflexes. Think about just how alert you are. It's the same for your dogs. If your dog is fit and conditioned and healthy, your dog's gonna be more alert. Your dog's gonna be better reactions, quicker reactions than a dog that's not fit. So for you working dog owners out there, I don't care what your dog does. I don't care if your dog is not running, your dog is just walking slowly and sniffing. Your dog is going to be more effective in the work that it does and more accurate if your dog is fit and conditioned. And then of course, when we think about performance sports where you're doing things like running, jumping, leaping, racing, of course, I think everybody, we see the obvious connection there to canine fitness, right? Because our dog can be faster, our dog can be stronger, our dog's gonna be more powerful, right? And, and here's the thing is, again, you might have a dog that looks fit, you have an, uh, a breed that is very athletic and high energy, but maybe you only train one day a week. Let's say you do dock diving one day a week, right? And you're training and training. You do, you do a little bit of just free play, free hiking, off-leash, but real no structured program. And you've been doing this for a couple years. Your dog's at its peak. Your dog is highly trained, and it's jumping a certain height. It's jumping a certain distance and, and it's pretty consistent and you've reached your peak. Let me tell you a little secret. <laughs> if you're not doing strength training, if you're not doing aerobic 
aerobic and anaerobic type capacity, cardiovascular training beyond just the Saturday training. If you're not working on specifically weekly, looking at strength, speed, explosive movements, if you don't have a structured program for that, you know what? Your dog probably can jump higher. Your dog probably can jump further if you start building a program and build strength and build and work on more speed rather than just training, doing club day one day a week or dock diving or agility one day a week. Not saying you're gonna, you don't need to do agility three and four days a week, but there are ex structured exercises you can do during the week to improve what your dog is doing on the weekend. So sport athletes, that's an obvious, their performance can get better, even better than what they are already doing if you build upon a structured fitness program and keep, keep progressing with that program. Of course, eventually you'll hit a limit, but if you think your dog has reached its limit in speed, in height, in accuracy, and you don't have a structured fitness program and you don't have a consistent exercise program, I'm guessing you probably can make improvements if you get a bit more serious in structuring this and more consistent in your exercise. So, um, so those are kind of the, I would say, um, some of the obvious, right? Preventing injuries or sport athletes, right? Of course, fitness is important. But let's look at um, let's look at some other things here. So we've got the strength and we've got the power. But let me also tell you about where strength power is power is also important. But strength is really important, really important. Think about our senior dogs. And I did an entire Facebook Live on senior dogs, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. But not only is strength and power important for our sport dogs, but think about those aging dogs that are struggling to get up out of bed. Think about the aging dogs that are struggling to go up and down the stairs. The aging dogs that are struggling to go in and out of the car. Okay. Dogs that have more strength. Dogs that have more body awareness. Dogs that are not losing their flexibility as they're getting older. Our senior dogs can greatly benefit from having, now it could be a modified program. You're not gonna do the same thing with a senior dog as a two-year-old or three-year-old, but it's just as important for our aging dogs, if not more important, that we keep up with some exercise with them, some kind of structured and consistent exercise. Again, it's not gonna be the exact same as when they were younger, but it's really important. Marilyn, thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing. And Kelly, thank you for sharing. Um, let me guys, let me know if you're um, involved in sport, working dogs. Do you have pet dog clients? Would love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us. Um, so Marilyn said, um, here's a question you've been struggling with for a few days. A good friend who is a smart animal person posts on Facebook about taking her dogs on a long trail in the mountains. One of the dogs is a five-month-old puppy, uh, a sporting breed, and you were horrified at the idea uh, age-appropriate. <sighs> yes. Um, no, no. She's, uh, <laughs> Marilyn's saying, am I, um, am I wrong to be worried? Um, she would be devastated if the puppy got injured. Uh, I did something. Uh, it was just last week I did. Marilyn, I did uh, one of these on puppies. Go check the videos in my Facebook Lives um, in Northeast Canine Conditioning on the video section. I talked about puppies last week. I believe it was last week. Um, definitely, definitely a concern. 
puppies need exercise, but it has to be appropriate for their age. And you most definitely, there can be devastating consequences if you don't, if you don't structure it and do correct exercises, well, activity with the puppies. And here's another thing, you guys, I see people that have high drive working dog puppies, crazy drive, crazy energy. And so um, a lot of times because they're just, they have so much energy and so much drive, people just assume that they can handle more than um, other puppies. But if they're still growing, they're still maturing, they're still developing, you know, muscle, they're still evolving in their bodies. Um, be careful, be careful, because that high energy and high drive can fool us and make them make us think the dog can physically handle more than they really are capable of doing. But um, but that is uh, definitely something that, that age appropriate is something to be concerned about. So balance and flexibility. Again, balance and flexibility is important for our athletes. It's important for preventing injuries. Um, it's important for Im improving performance but it's also important for preventing injuries for our senior dogs and also helping our senior dogs stay mobile, keep them moving into their senior years, keeping them free or having less pain than if you weren't keeping them active and moving. Um, of course, there are instances where you have diseases and injuries and things, you do have limitations. Always check with your veterinarian on what's appropriate for your dog. Um, but assuming your dog is healthy as a healthy aging dog and just has your typical, you know, signs and symptoms of what comes with natural aging, the natural aging process. Um, but of course, there are some times where you're not going to do exercise with your dog or there's certain health conditions. So always check with your veterinarian, no matter the age of the dog. Um, but these are some definitely some things to um, think about as the benefits. Enhanced health. So and instead of just um, performance and flexibility and strength and speed, um, overall health. So we've got all kinds of research as our dogs are getting older, as they're, even the young dogs now being overweight, not in a fit condition, um, we're seeing you get more health issues. You see diseases and things cropping up earlier rather than things you would see later in the senior years. So um, just, just like humans, overall having good health is really important. And then also, the overall well-being of the dog. So it's not just physical health, but it's also mental, psychological, the emotional health of the dog. A happier dog, all right? I know my dogs are happier if I get them outdoors and do something with them every day versus sitting in the house every day. And I don't get them out every single day. But I can tell if I if they're in the in the indoors and I can't give them exercise a couple days in a row, they're just um, they're more unsettled. Um, I know my one dog; he just doesn't seem as happy. I, for myself, know if I don't get out to the gym after five, six, seven days, my mental health, <laughs> my emotional health, like I feel it. I'm not as positive. I'm not as happy. So the overall well-being of the dog is super important, also mentally, emotionally, psychologically, not just the physical component, just as important for our dogs as it is for us. When we get stressed, you know, going out for a walk, going to the gym, science will tell you being outdoors, in the sunshine, in the woods, we know there are definitely health benefits emotional, mental, psychological benefits to that. So think about it for your dogs also. So the overall well-being is very, very important. Now, here's the thing. Um, 
Erica says, yes, doing exercises with older dogs also helps to keep their minds sharper. Yes, it's the overall well-being, not just the physical, not just the physical. And I think a lot of times people think about fitness and exercise. They think about sport dogs, active dogs. They think of the physical advantages a lot of times more frequently, more so than thinking about the other advantages. And I'm going to give you another one right here. For all of you dog trainers who don't do sport dogs and working dogs, for all of you people who don't compete, um, what about those of you who deal with basic obedience and behavior problems, right? So here's another thing is building confidence, being healthy in mind, body, and spirit. You feel better. You can be more confident. The exercises that you can do outdoors and indoors you can do exercises that most definitely can help build confidence in dogs environmental confidence you can do things in social situations with exercise to help also build confidence in social situations so um so when you think about all right you don't have a sport dog you don't have a working dog you don't compete but maybe you have a dog you need to build some confidence Maybe you have a dog that has some insecurities, a dog that needs to get out more and out and about. They could greatly benefit from doing different types of exercises and having an exercise program. Another benefit, let me see if I've got a slide here. This is all, here we go, behavior modification. And I've got a visual for this one, behavior modification. So let's say you work with pet dogs. Let's say you are a pet dog owner. You don't do, you don't go running with your dogs. You don't do sports. You don't do agility, right? You don't have a working dog, but maybe you're dealing with behavior issues. Anytime somebody comes to me and they have a dog, especially a dog that has some energy, <laughs> a dog that has some drive, some high drive, some high energy dogs, or even moderate energy dogs. Um, when people come to me, and they're having problems with their dogs, behavior problems. One of the first things I always ask is what does their daily and weekly activity look like for that dog? What are they doing to get the dog out and mentally and physically stimulating the dogs to, to get them active and get some energy out, to get frustration out, physically releasing that stress? Every single time, now some of you maybe have different cases of this, but every single time I've talked to, I've talked to sport dog people, working dog people, pet dog people, when they've been dealing with issues at home, um, the dog is destroying stuff, the dog, they're having issues with control. When I've asked them about the exercise that the dog is getting, every time I've talked to people, the dogs were not getting very much exercise. I'm not saying exercise is going to be the end all and be all. And it's going to fix everything. But when I'm dealing with behavior issues, one of the first things I, I don't want to deal with a, a dog that has been inside all day, has pent up energy, pent up frustration because they haven't been able to release energy. They've had no exercise. The first thing I want to do is let that dog burn off some steam and then we'll do, we'll, then we'll start doing some focus training. Then we'll start dealing with the issues. But if you have a dog that has issues and in addition to that, oh, by the way, your dog is, um, is stressed because they have all this energy and they're not releasing it. 
They haven't had physical stimulation and exercise. They haven't had the mental stimulation of going outdoors versus being inside in the crate, in the kennel all the time. I can tell you for a lot of these behavior issues, it's going to heighten um, the types of issues that you're seeing. It's gonna make them more complex. It can make a reactive dog more reactive. It can make a dog that's really, you know, aware of its surroundings, you know, be even more on its toes. And um, so I think everybody who's dealing with dogs with behavior issues needs to ask themselves, not only is what is going on at home, what is going on with the owners, the handling, the training, but I think everybody needs to look at what does that dog's activity look like day to day, week to week. It needs to, you need to at least ask that question. Um, like I said, it, it's, it might not fix anything. You might, there may be issues where you're not going to see a big difference, but I think it's a question you have to ask. And, you know, going around for a walk around the neighborhood three days a week where the dog, a young, healthy dog isn't even getting its heart rate up. That's, you know, they're getting some mental stimulation in the environment outdoors, but physically they're going to need more than just a walk around the neighborhood on a leash and the heart rate never gives up, gets up and they're not doing any kind of higher level cardio. Um, so you also have to look at the level and the intensity of the activity that they're doing. So, um, so those are some of the things I've been some of, I have one person that I've talked to who deals specifically with dysregular behavior modification, um, behavior problems, uh, pet dog obedience. And um, I talked to him, Donnie, if you're listening. <laughs> and when I very first met him and when I was asking him about his programs, he is the only trainer, not somebody who we, we weren't talking about fitness. Number one, I was just having him tell me about his business. And um, right there, right up at the top, he was like, exercise, exercise. If the dogs come in and they're having behavior problems, training problems, he always incorporates some kind of and thinks about the exercise program of the dog. And so it's really important. Like I said, it's not just for sport dogs. It's not just for athletic dogs. It's not just for young dogs. Uh, it's not just for the dogs that are out there with the really active owners. All of, all these dogs can potentially benefit from exercise and from some kind of a structured fitness program. So um, let me see if I hit all the main points. Um, develop, oh, oh, yes, one more thing that I did not mention here. And this is a huge benefit that I had with my own dog is, um, oh, there's two things that I forgot. Let me do this one first. Another thing to think about is it's not just the, what the benefits are from your dog, but also improving your own health. And again, we've got research to support this. People that are out there and active and doing things with their dogs, people who go and get a dog, the humans are benefiting. The humans are getting healthier. The humans are exercising more. They are socializing more. They, they look at dog owners and they look at people who don't have, you know, pets and they look at elderly people. You know, they're seeing an increase in activity. They see them socializing more, having a, a just a healthier, more social lifestyle. And we've got science to support this of the benefits of not only owning the dog, having the dog at home, petting the dog, all of it, the, the ways it can affect us physiologically, 
but also getting out and doing things and doing activities, going for walks, jogging, going for a hike with our dog. Um, we can't ignore that we also can greatly, greatly benefit from engaging our dogs in more exercise. Um, and also not just the physical, but also the emotional, the psychological benefits of, of being able to engage in our dogs in this way. So very important. I've seen people that um, do my canine fitness program um, and they come in, it's for canine fitness. And I can't tell you how many people who take my program to learn about canine fitness, their own fitness and health improves. I had, oh my gosh, I can't remember how many, I have people in my fitness program and they'll be like, oh my gosh, ever since, ever since I joined this program, like I've lost 10 pounds, 15 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds, not everybody, <laughs> but um, it's, it's, a, it's a unanticipated. I never thought about that when I designed the program. It's the focus is canine fitness, but it's like, of course, yes, we start to focus on more fitness for our dogs. We start to think more about health and fitness. Um, and so it shouldn't be so surprising that we can also see the benefits ourselves. Um, so that that is definitely a huge benefit. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention is the what I call developing a, um, a sixth sense or enhancing your sixth sense. And so what I what I mean here is when you have that kind of gut feeling that something's not quite right, and this is a video, I'm gonna post the video again. I have a video that talks and shows this in video, um, how you can start to develop the sixth sense, a more critical, I just posted it, um, a more critical eye, a, being better observational skills with your dog. One of the things that I noticed is when I started learning more about canine fitness, I started focusing more on paying attention to my dog's health. Um, I found that I started to get more in tune with my dog and I started to observe my dog better and I started to notice very subtle changes in things that sometimes were signs of soreness, potential pain, weakness in my dog. I would say the typical person who doesn't pay a lot of attention to these things, again, it's being reactive. We don't pay attention until our dog is limping. We don't pay attention until our dog is vocalizing in pain. Then we're like, oh, my dog's hurting. My dog is limping. Oh, my dog is hurting. And then we go, oh, let me look at my dog. Where is he limping? Which leg is it? And then you start paying really close attention to your dog. The idea here is to start learning and practicing more about canine fitness, canine structure, gait analysis, watching your dog more closely. And then you become more in tune with your dog and you start to pick up little subtle changes that can appear during potential soreness, tightness, pain, sore muscles, stiffness, and you actually start to get more in tune with your dog and you can pick up on these things sooner rather than waiting until your dog is actually three-legged and limping. Wait, you know, rather than waiting until your dog is vocalizing in pain. And I'm not saying that you're always gonna pick up stuff early. Sometimes you have trauma, traumatic injury, and you know an accident happens and you know you there's no anticipation you don't you don't know something's coming but um there are instances whether it's for you know overuse injuries or a dog aging and they're showing signs that there's issues and soreness and pain early they're giving us early signs and we're missing them i missed it in bocce for like 10 months he was giving me very subtle signs that he was sore his muscle was sore 
he was not limping, but in the way he sat, a little bit in the way he moved. And I was not trained. I was not practicing. I was not observing him that closely because I thought my dog was fine. And the more that I learned, the more that I observed, the more that I started paying attention to fitness and activities and watching my dog closely, I started to pick up on things much, much earlier. And then a lot of times, instead of just saying, hmm, something seems off with my dog, I would observe him more closely and I could be like, hmm, his neck seems a little stiff. Hmm, he's moving his front right leg differently than he was last week. Hmm, his left back leg doesn't seem to be having a stride length equal to the back to the other leg. And hmm, that's not normal because he's never done this before. And so this, I have had tremendous, um, just great benefits and focusing on canine fitness and being more proactive, observing my dog more closely, um, being able to just really enhance that sixth sense and that gut feeling and being like, not only am I sensing something's off, but I start to observe my dog more closely and I start to pick up on these things. And I'm in, I'm in just a better, better connection with my dog. And so that was a tremendous benefit that I had when I started focusing more on canine massage and fitness. Um, great, great benefits that I had there. So those were other benefits. Um, so uh, yes, if uh, some of you just jumped in, um, if you're watching live, I will repost um, the video where I talk about developing the sixth sense. And I give an example, I show my dog how my dog is moving his body and I give some visual examples. And I will post that, that will be above. I'll put this also in the description for this video. Um, so make sure you watch that. It's gonna give you more information on this. Um, but it is in the comment section. But if you're not, if you're watching this somewhere else, you might not see it yet, but I will post it. So, um, so, so those are, I could go on and on you guys, you know that. I can go on and on about this topic, but I hope that I helped you to think about how everybody needs to be thinking about this. I don't care if you don't do dog sports. I don't care if you don't have a working dog. I don't care if you're, you don't have a Belgian Malinois or you know a, a, an athletic whippet. <laughs> um, whether it's an older dog, a dog that physically can't get out and do much, whether it, you, know, you have a senior dog, a dog with behavior issues, everybody needs to be asking and looking at the role of exercise and fitness for the, for the physical, the mental, the psychological, all of these advantages of engaging our dogs in regular activities. And like I said, also your your own your own benefits, especially some of you. I mean, I know a lot of people are like, I, I wouldn't mind if I could be a little bit more fit, if I could walk a little further, I feel a little bit better because I get out and exercise more. So think about it from that way. So um, if you want to know more, there's so much to learn. And I promise you, the, the more that you learn, your dogs are going to benefit your clients are going to benefit, you are going to benefit. Oh, one more example. Again, this was kind of for the people, you know, maybe pet dog people, people who aren't competing, you don't have sport dogs. Um, if, you if you're a dog trainer, if you do dog training, you do daycare, boarding. When you develop the sixth sense, when a new client walks in the door, you will look at dogs differently. You will pay more attention to these dogs. And it's a huge advantage if a dog comes in and they're showing subtle signs that something's wrong, you wanna be able to pick it up. And if they're bringing the dog for you know day training or socializing you know, for boarding with all the other dogs and they're coming for playtime. I've heard so many stories where a dog comes in 
the dog goes home and a day or two or a week later, there's a physical problem and the owner gets all upset and they call the dog facility and the dog trainer and they're like, my dog was fine when I dropped him off and, you know, he's now limping because, or my dog has a problem because of you. And it might, you know, maybe something did happen when the dog was with you, maybe not. But think about how great it would be if you can, if there is something that the dog comes, a lot of times people miss it. They bring the dog to you. What happens if the dog is showing an early sign, a subtle sign that there's a problem? What happens if you could see it ahead of time and say, you know what? I don't want your dog doing doggy daycare today with the other dogs because your dog's looking a little stiff. I think you need to go to the, see a veterinarian. Um, your dog comes and they're going to do some activities and they're going to do some training and some jumping. And they bring you the dog and you look at the dog and you look at the movement in the gate and you say, something's not quite right. You know what? I don't want your dog jumping today. I, I would prefer for you to, you know, give your dog a rest or go get, go get a checkup, go to the vet, double check, but something's not quite right with your dog. I think something looks a little bit off. I'm not sure. Please go have it checked out and then come back to training after you see your veterinarian. So I know a number of times where issues happened and they were actually, they didn't happen at the training. They were issues the dog had ahead of time, but nobody picked up on it ahead of time. So that's another, um, a, another advantage of having this kind of knowledge. But um, like I said, if you wanna know more, because this is not something you learn in one video, it's not something you learn overnight, it's, it's lifetime ongoing learning. We're always learning, there's always more to learn, there's more information, more research, we're always learning more. But if you wanna learn more, um, number one is the video that I posted on developing that critical eye, that sixth sense. Um, if you put your email address, you can watch the video right there in the link. There's two more videos, if you wanna see them, put your email address and um, within 24 hours, watch your email, check your spam, you'll get those videos in your email. So if you wanna learn some more, watch those videos. I've got a lot of, a lot of people complimented and really liked that first video on developing a critical eye, um, so make sure you watch that. Also, if you want to learn more, I'm gonna, um, let, me, let me throw up a link here for you. Hold on one second, make sure I get the right link for you. Um, I am doing enrollment, especially if you are a dog trainer, um, or if you work with dogs in other capacities, um, it's, if it's not just you and your own dogs, whether you do search and rescue, um, whether you have an agility club and you wanna help your agility members, okay? But if you wanna learn more about canine fitness and you wanna take that knowledge for helping your own dogs and you're interested in educating other people and helping other people, helping other dogs, whether it's, on a volunteer basis, working in shelters, whether you wanna bring it into your business, um, check out this program. It's called, it's, my, uh, it's called the Elite Canine Athlete Program, and it can lead to becoming a certified canine athlete specialist. I will also post this link, uh, but you can also go to my website. It's Northeast Canine Conditioning, and it's the letter K and the number nine, if you go to my website, you can download it from there. So let me type this up so I have it on the screen. NortheastCanineConditioning.com. You can go to my website. I will also post the link here for you. And you can download the brochure. It has an application in there, but I only accept applications twice a year. And I'm doing applications right now. Uh, the programs already have full. If you're watching the video replay, 
download it, fill it out, message me, find out when I do enrollment again. But if you're watching this live or if you're seeing the replay soon after the live, I am doing enrollment right now. But this is especially, like I said, if you're a dog trainer, a business owner, um, the focus in the program, I talk a lot about, about sport dogs and working dogs, but it also helps pet dogs. Like I said, if you're a business owner, um, if you are a search and rescue person and you want to help your team, your search and rescue team, um, if you have um, a, a part of an agility club, right? You're with an agility club and you want to learn more and you want to help educate your club members. Um, this would be a great program for you to look at. I have other types of programs too available, but I did want to mention it because I'm doing um, enrollment. So, um, so if you're interested in learning more, I also have lots of videos on my Northeast Canine Conditioning Facebook business page. Click on videos. That's where these live shows, the replays are showing. Every Friday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time on my Northeast Canine Conditioning on my Facebook business page is where you will catch me doing my live shows. And um, usually I talk about canine fitness or canine business topics. I kind of vary um, week to week. Uh, but right now, canine fitness is the topic. So, so you guys, if you want to learn more, um, I've got tons of resources out there for you. I've got free resources. I've got over 70 hours of videos on my Facebook business page. Um, if you want to learn more, you want to get certified, I can help you there. Um, if you decide you want to learn more and you're like, gosh, Erica's annoying and I, I don't know if I can listen to her talk anymore, go somewhere else, learn, educate yourself, educate others. It's going to make a huge difference in lives. It's going to impact your dog's lives, your life. It's going to help you. There's going to be benefits and also the people around you. And if you work with other people's dogs, um, if you're a business, a canine business owner, how can you not be thinking about canine fitness, canine exercise? I don't care what you deal with. Puppies, senior dogs, sport dogs, behavior problems, basic obedience. All of these dogs can greatly benefit by you thinking about building in and focusing and getting people and yourself building in more exercise for your dogs. Um, so I hope this was helpful. Um, I hope you get, I gave you some different perspectives to look at this. And um, when you have different audiences, you have to talk differently to them, whether they're pet dog, sport dog, working dog, everybody, you know, they kind of care about different things sometimes based on their activities. Um, but those are some things to think about. Um, any questions? I do have old age, you guys. I need my glasses now. Um, any questions? I'm looking at the comments. If you're posting on a different page, I will go and look on the other pages and make sure I didn't miss any comments. Um, Kelly, you have an older lab that is having problems getting up on things. What exercises could I do to increase muscle strength in the rear upper legs? Okay, let me put this up here. Let me just see if I have. So, um, so the first thing, Kelly, and for anybody who has a, a dog, I don't care if it's a young dog or an older dog, but anybody who, who is seeing um, issues with your dog, number one, make sure go to your vet. Make sure that there aren't, find out what, is it just aging, arthritis, okay? But there's also a lot of diseases. Um, there's neurological things that, you know, there's a lot of things that can impact um, a dog's uh, kind of losing efficiency, effectiveness, and strength as they're, as they're aging, and even young dogs. So, the, Kelly, the first thing I would do is I would get a really good ch checkup. Um, I would also, if you haven't done it um, this year, get a full blood work, you know, do blood work, thyroid, get everything checked. And the first thing you want to do is you want to make sure you rule out that there's any kind of health issues, um, injuries, things like that. 
because here's the thing is sometimes if, if there's something else going on, you may think that you're doing exercises to strengthen the dog and you can actually be making things worse, which we don't want to do. So anytime you have anything of concern, anything abnormal, any changes in your dog that are not your regular day-to-day -day healthy routine, get your dog checked out. If your veterinarian says everything looks fine, but your gut instinct is like something's not right with my dog, usually I tell people your gut, go with your gut if you have to get a second opinion, but get your dog checked out. Um, what exercises you can do, totally it's going to depend on, it's going to depend on the current fitness level of your dog. And then it's also going to depend on the age of your dog and other limitations with aging or health and or health that your dog has. So I can't really say what exercises to do with your dog, but I will say this, Kelly, I mean, you contact me privately and, um, and I would have to have more information. We'd have to, you know, make sure there's no physical issues going on, but there definitely are, um, there are exercises you can do for strengthening the hind end if the dog is healthy, if the dog's not in pain and there aren't other things going on that are creating the problem. And um, some of the, some basic things that I like doing is, you know, just, I call them doggy squats <laughs> where, you know, the dog goes sit, stand, sit, stand. And if you raise the front feet a little bit, um, it's going to put a more resistance. It's going to put more gravity back on the hind legs. And um, there's just some really basic stuff that you can do. Um, sometimes with equipment, sometimes not even, not even using equipment, just using gravity and using the dog's own body that are going to um, strengthen the hindquarters. Um, but I'm not going to, um, that's a whole nother conversation. And I think I've done a Facebook live on that. So Kelly, check out my videos on my Facebook business page, check out my videos and see, I can't remember it. Like I said, I've got over 70, 80 hours worth of content, but I have topics listed uh, and double check. But um, but first off, I would make sure that, you know, why why is the dog um, struggling? Is it, you know, what is it with the old age? Is there arthritis setting in? And then um, definitely I would be looking at low impact activities. So, you know, I'm not going to be doing a bunch of jumping, um, depending on what's going on. Like my dog, my older dog's been doing some limping. I know what the problem is. I, I know that it has to do with issues of discs in his neck. Um, and for, for him, um, his particular issue, um, swimming loosens him up, but there's some issues. And if there's some sorenesses in the dog, there are some areas where if my dog is sore in the, in the groin area, I'm not going to swim him because that could be putting, um, undue stress on the muscle that's already sore. So a lot of it is, um, trying to figure out why exactly is the dog struggling and um, and then, yes, there are definitely exercises that you can do for the hindquarters. And um, Kelly, you might want to message me and I can point you in some directions where some resources are. Um, oh, I also, Kelly, I also did a video on senior fitness for dogs. Um, so go to Northeast Canine Conditioning and go to click on videos. And there is um, a video, I think it was like an hour, hour, hour and a half long video on senior fitness. Um, so go, um, definitely go check out that video. Um, any other questions? If I didn't do one on strength training, I think I have done one on strength training, but if I haven't, I'll, I'll go back and do it. So, um, so again, um, I posted a link a couple times for the video that talks about how to 
develop more of that critical observational skills, how to develop that sixth sense. Um, it's the first of a series of three videos, um, free videos, free access. Just put in your email address and it will email you the two other videos. Um, that is in the comment section underneath the, the video here. And then also, if you want to know more about um, getting certified and you want to learn more in depth about how to assess dogs and develop fitness programs, um, how to bring it into your business, how to help and teach other people and help not just other canine lives, but also helping the people, the owners and the competitors who have these dogs, check out my Elite Canine Athlete Program. Um, it's an online program. And again, you can go to my Northeast Canine Conditioning website and download the brochure. And there's an application link um, towards the bottom of the brochure. It's like on page, I don't know, 10 or 11. Go towards the end of the brochure and there's a link for the application. And also, you, know, you can message me if you're interested. I am doing enrollment right now. So again, it's northeastcanineconditioning.com. Northeast, K, the letter K, the number nine, conditioning.com. So... Any last minute questions before I leave? If I missed your question or if you're watching this somewhere else on Facebook or in social media, I will go, I will um, comment if you have questions. If you're watching the video replay, please still post, comment. We do come back, we do look at the replay comments and I do, um, I do answer questions after the fact. And also finally, if this was helpful, if you, this was informative, um, if anything here was educational and made you go, hmm, made you think about things differently, or it was just a good reminder for you, um, please share the replay. Please share with others. Cross-post it because if, if, if it was, if you got one or two good nuggets of information out of this, I'm sure somebody else will benefit from the information. So, um, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Jen, yes, pause on the shoulders, walking on the hind legs. There's a lot of exercises you can do. And like I said, if I haven't done one on strength training i'll check my all my videos but that is definitely something i could do for a future uh facebook live so fridays 8 30 p.m eastern time on my northeast canine conditioning business page come join me live i love when you guys join me live thank you jen and robin and uh kim uh kelly erica all of you thank you for joining me and uh marilyn hope to see you next week any questions, let me know. Contact me if you're interested in the program. Watch the videos that I post. And uh, any topics you want me to talk about in the future, let me know. Have a great rest of the evening, the rest of the day, the rest of the week. And I look forward to seeing you guys soon. Bye-bye for now.